We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today, we're talking about a movie selected by our Patreon group, an all-timer, first ballot Hall of Famer. We're talking about Jackass the movie. Yes, Jackass the movie. This movie is so important, so funny, still holds up 20 years later. I was, I was thrilled the patrons selected it. Uh, shout out to my guest, new guest on the show, guy that, that I've interacted with for quite a while, friends of friends, Tobin Hodges of Spread the Floor Podcast, a huge Jackass fan. He joins me. We we chop it up on. We stick to mainly the first movie, uh, but it's hard with this series, and we'll get into this to not just blend them all together. Uh, again, shout out to the Patreon group. This is a hell of a selection. It was supposed to run in November. It's running now as our first episode of December. But shout out to our producer-level Big Chill patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Fritz, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting the show. If you want to support this show and vote on movies for the show to cover, we got some polls going up this week for uh, for January. You can go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. You get some other great perks, get scheduling updates, uh, and you get to support the show, which is which is cool. And if you want to do it for free, tell a friend who likes movies. So like I said, uh, today it's me. It's Tobin Hodges. We're talking jackass the movie. Just an incredible feat. 20 years later, it still hits. Let's get into it. All right, joining me on this very special episode of Big Screen Sports, he is the co-host of Spread the Floor, uh, first-time guest, but a guy I feel like I've known for a long time, uh, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I am really excited to be here. I think that I've been looking forward to this for a couple of days since you've been talking to me about it. I am... I'm beyond excited. Uh, this, you know, <laughs> I, I always I always like to laud our Patreon group for having good taste when it, when it comes to what what they've nominated to be covered, um, you know, recent, recent picks like the rainmaker, like I, you know, huge, huge fan of that movie, but this movie is special. 
Oh, yeah. this, this movie is special it has spawned a series of special movies I, i'm very excited very happy the patreon group voted on it before we get into it tobin uh tell the folks about uh, spread the floor with with friend of the show brian gill yeah so me and uh my co-host brian had started a basketball podcast uh to kind of branch off his his other podcast that he has um and we just basically talk about the nba every week uh, I know that there is a lot of NBA content out there. We are specifically Mavs fans, but we wanted to do more of a broad uh, brush that we cover. And really, just it's just two normal guys that don't have any media access and don't do uh, anything other than just obsessively watch NBA games. We both are league pass people and just watch way too much NBA. It's, it's probably pretty unhealthy, actually, how much time we've put into watching games. But uh, it's it's a fun show, and... We try to make it accessible and not a you know a ESPN or anything that's too highbrow for anybody just to listen to. So it's a, it's a fun time. So come check it out and uh, you know let us know that you're you're enjoying it. Yeah, longtime listeners of the show, you know Brian's been on a bunch. Uh, we talked to Almost Famous. We talked to Knight's Tale. Um, so everyone go check that out. And and Brian yeah. is who who connected us with this movie because he told me he said if if you ever do Jackass. You need to, need to call Tobin. And thanks to the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, today we are talking Jackass the movie. We're just talking about number one, the 2002, I guess, stunt comedy. I didn't really know how to how yeah. to do that. Uh, it's in its own genre, man. You can't exactly. label it. It's its own thing. Exactly. It, it really is. And we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, Johnny Knoxville and his band of maniacs perform a variety of stunts and gross-out gags on the big screen for the first time. It was based on the Jackass TV show, which ran on MTV. It starred Johnny Knoxville, Bam Margera, and Steve-O. It's directed by Jeff Tremaine. Uh, written written in part, like, one of the writers, and I, I, writer, I use writer in air quotes with, with Jackass, but, like, Spike Jones is a writer on the series. Spike Jones is one of the guys who got Jackass off the ground, which is very interesting. This movie got a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, but spawned four sequels, multiple TV series, including a, a 20 years later sequel this year. I mean, Tobin, where, what is... What is Jackass for you? Were you show first? Were you movies first? Like, what is your relationship with this band of idiots? So I, we didn't have cable in my house growing up, so I didn't really have the show uh, when it because it came out when I was probably starting high school, maybe middle school. So I'd heard about it, and when like when I go to friends' houses that had cable, I would catch the show occasionally, and you know I liked it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the movie came out when I was a junior in high school, and I just remember we, I was actually visiting my cousin in Lubbock, and he was like, "Hey, wow, you want to go watch this?" And I was like, "Heck yeah, I do!" And not a whole lot else to do it. in Lubbock when you're yeah. in high school. Oh no, absolutely not. And there's even when you're an adult, there's nothing to do in Lubbock really, unless the college students is the sweet spot for yeah, Lubbock. But it's, outside Lubbock of that, is it's eighteen to twenty-two, <laughs> twenty-three, and other than yep. that, don't go there. Yeah, absolutely. So it just it just was one of those things where I I kind of fell in love with the premise of it. I that was really something I had never seen before because uh, I'm old and you have to remember that this is before YouTube and it's kind of early internet days. So there this is kind of before things went viral. So it was kind of like a a viral movie basically, but before all that stuff was going on. So I, I absolutely fell in love with it and then. Basically, from that point on, I've just been watching everything that they put out for the most part. Yeah, it's it's funny. So I was I was too young for the show. Um, I you know I've gone back and watched the show as I got into high mm-hmm. school and like it became available. Like MTV, you know, especially off the success of these movies, MTV started running old episodes of Jackass. Um, and then I was I was too young for the first movie when it came out, and then I saw. Uh, I, I saw one and two on DVD, like in middle school, like someone, someone had them, watched them and like, same thing as you just 
fell in love with it. Yeah. It's not even like you see movies and it's like, oh, this is like my band of friends. Like this isn't like anyone's band of friends. No. Like it's it's this fun group that you love watching watching this from afar, but it's mm-hmm. also it works because it is a friend group. And you we've yeah. seen these guys be together over the the you know twenty years. Like it's it's a lot more fun than just random stunt comedy because this also spawned, you know, eons of imitators and similar things. And then, you know, we, mm-hmm. we had these guys go and do their own thing. You know, Viva La Bam comes from this and Wild yeah. Boys and stuff like that. But but this specific group spawned this whole stunt prank gross out genre. But this is like also I, to get like super not like deep, but like this is the evolution of the Three Stooges. This is the Internet era Three oh, yeah. Stooges. This is sla- this is at its root just slapstick, crude slapstick at its absolute finest. Like this movie bangs. It's still really really funny. Yeah, hundred percent. And I I actually wrote that down for uh, the three ups of how they are a friend group, and whenever things try to replicate that they're already like celebrity status or it's people that don't know each other. And it doesn't have the same kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Even the, with the the sequels too, it, it doesn't, you can't beat it because nothing, nothing else has done it before. And really after either, I mean, maybe, maybe there's some YouTube shows that I don't know about that maybe kind of follow the same format, but it really is in a class of its own in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, it's such a unique, unique property. Um, and, and the, like the success of it is unique. Like to just drop into the IMDb trivia, I'm gonna skip the Hall of Fame All Star Starter Benchwarmer question. Yeah, this is the Hall of Fame. Hall it's of Hall fame of movie. Fame, no doubt. Hall yeah. of Fame without a doubt. And like, this is a sports movie. I'm. I mean, this is a lot of competition in certain ways. A lot of mm-hmm. athletic feats. Uh, the you know these are athletes in their prime. Uh, yeah, know, doing there. It's like NFL. These guys are running backs taking 50 carries a game. And so with some of these, but like one of the, one of the IMDb trivia facts is it had a $5 million budget and it returned on the budget 16 times over earned 22 million in the opening <laughs> weekend alone. All the other movies have been successful. I mean, it's why it's got three sequels plus like the point fives, like the, you know, the DVD specials of what, what they were. This, I, I didn't do the research, but DVD sales had to have been gangbusters had for, to have been. for jackass. Everyone had it. Yeah, and, and you didn't have streaming options with these, really any of these. I think even 3, when 3 came out, it wasn't really an option yet either. So it, re- it had to have been a great resale value because this is a perfect example of something that you can watch on a regular basis and not get tired of it. Yeah, yeah. There's This is, um, it's not a rich IMDb trivia text. I think there's like 30, 35 things here, but they're all good. There's also, um, I would also point to, and this isn't Jackass, the movie, like the first movie specific, but I don't know, I can't remember if it was GQ, but there was a long profile of Johnny Knoxville right before 4 came out. It was like a GQ or Esquire mm-hmm. or something like that that was phenomenal. Like, yeah. just just really excellent. But um, the shopping cart and the opening sequence was originally built, and built for and used in the film The Incredible Shrinking Woman from 1981. Preston Lacey <laughs> spotted it on the studio lot, and it was incorporated <laughs> into the film. I had no idea about that. That's crazy. That's what I love about a lot of this stuff is yeah. they're, you know, they manufacture some of these things, but they take things that you interact with and see in real life and, and make them obviously not like massive shopping carts, but mm-hmm. they just ask the questions that like that you and your dumb friends could be sitting around and be like, what if we jousted with golf carts or what if we did a <laughs> golf cart demolition derby? And they, yeah. they go the second, the, the extra miles that, you know what? Let's do that. There's, there's very little fear in this group. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Matt Hoffman, Steve-O, Bam Margera, and Johnny Knoxville all suffered serious injuries during filming. Hoffman broke his wrist when he fell off his bike during sweaty fat fucks and was also knocked out in the same incident. Knoxville was knocked out when his golf cart flipped over and again when he fought Butterbean, which we see on uh, see on camera. Bam tore his hamstring at the beginning of the movie's production, which I, I read this trivia and then watched through the movie, and I think I noticed that in the... Um, I can't remember who it is, but whoever is the knight jousting on the bike that goes into the convenience store, you see Bam is on crutches. Yeah, that so, was uh, D. Camillo. Yeah. Uh, Branding D. Camillo was doing that. Because that was the other thing I forgot is my introduction to this actually was probably with the CKY skate tapes mm-hmm. because I was real big into those things. And so like, this is the one movie, I think, that has a lot of the crossover between like Brandon D. Camillo and Ray Yon and uh, Rab himself, stuff like that. But because like, I think they like, try to combine them and then you can see that those guys kind of fizzle out as the as the movies go but uh yeah that was brandon DiCamillo and I, I guess i never caught that about i just figured he was on crutches because it was a bit you know yeah, i didn't that's, really that's think what about. i thought that's what i always <laughs> thought too but after reading the trivia i'm wondering if it was because he had, he had wrecked his hamstring it's probably yeah it is funny we were we were messaging about this earlier that it's hard to remember which which sketches in which movies mm-hmm. go where like what what is where and it's the same thing with the guys because like I didn't realize, um, you know, the, like some of the CKY guys are in this, but like, uh, Br- uh, you know, Brandon Novak, for instance, is not yeah. in is not in this movie, but he's in two, and that's and because I think I I can't remember if Viva La Bam comes after this or after two. I think it was probably after two, but like, I think so too. They, it's a little yeah. bit later, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So like that's where you see more of those guys, um, and obviously more of April and Phil Margera, who we will we will get into. Um, what a couple um the golf cart crashing sequence was somewhat delayed as bam margera totaled the two golf carts they had within seconds the crew had to go out and purchase new ones <laughs> oh i love that so much that was that was the i think when i remember watching this because that I wrote, I wrote it down that was the fourth uh stunt in the first movie and i remember watching that thinking oh so this is going to be like legitimate like craziness of because the first couple were funny and they were mm-hmm. just kind of pranks but that was the first one that i was like oh they're putting themselves on the line for this this isn't like a you know even at the crash up derby they had like with the pads on and he was buckled in mm-hmm. and they put the roll bars on and then when they did the golf cart thing i was like okay so this is this is not just for movie you know movie money and stuff like that they're really doing this as a movie but it's the same thing yeah they in some of these, like, it's interesting. You can kind of put them into categories. Like, some of them are pranks. Like, some of them are just straight up fucking with people. Like, the golf course air horn, which still, for me, oh, yeah. which me is still, but it's that's great. like, they're still, like, just either messing with people or just causing people discomfort. I think that's where, like, Party Boy falls in. And then, oh, yeah. and then there's more elevated pranks. Like I would say the the rental car, you know, demolition derby that they open mm-hmm. with. And then there's just legitimate, like, Hey, what if one of these guys might get seriously hurt? And we all and we all laugh at it. That's the golf carts. That's Steve-O <laughs> tightroping yeah. over alligators. Um, you know, th- things like that. It's interesting how they segment it. But the the golf carts, the thing about them having to go out and purchase new ones, kind of made me. I I wonder what the most expensive thing in this movie is. And I probably could have done the the research, but I'm thinking maybe the songs. Yeah, because I, I I saw they didn't they didn't pay them a lot. Like the cast is it yeah, had they, to have been. Yeah, I think I think it's or, probably the music. But they did use a lot of like CKY music and stuff like from the band CKY, mm-hmm. and they used a bunch of 
probably more like free or just people trying to get or people that are had the connections with Tony Hawk or Matt Hoffman or something like that. I, I wonder too with this first one because no one really knew what was going to happen with it. I mean, Jackass the show was a big deal by by then, but the movie was kind of like a as I remember so many people were like, they're making a movie out of that. How is that going to work? And they were just so skeptical of it. I have to wonder during filming if if like Jeff Tremaine is going to Paramount or I think it was it Paramount back then too. It may have been whoever it was. I think it was. He's being like, "Hey, I need another five thousand dollars because we just wrecked golf carts after one take." And they're just being <laughs> like, "No, like what are you doing? Like absolutely not." And so, how many how many hard conversations did he have to have about like budget stuff in the first one before they proved that this worked? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really like. The, it's such a cash cow. It's kind of in, insane how low budget these are and how instant money they are. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's the ultimate low budget movie that is successful. I think a few years ago, Brian and I were were arguing about this because Brian stands on the other side as, of this as I do, and uh, I forced him to go see four with me because I was like, you have to, and he was so uncomfortable the whole time, and it was hilarious. But uh he was talking about like best guilty pleasure movies and he was like, well, yours has to be jackass. I was like, no, like, and it, like out of his formula, it was like money made and uh, rotten tomatoes rating. And like both of those things were way above what he thought they were. And I was like, see, yeah, I told you this is successful. You just don't want to admit it because you're grumpy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, extremely successful. And like you, obviously you have to be at a certain state of mind or have a certain taste in comedy to be into jackass. Like I, this isn't a movie I rewatched with my wife. My wife will never watch jackass. She would yeah. not find this funny. Some of you know, some of the reviews from these critics on rotten tomatoes, uh, more idiotic and dangerous than the show. Really? Uh, so what's, <laughs> so what's all the fuss about? If the people want to staple paper to their inner thighs, let them. The question is whether you're prepared to pay to watch them do it. Like, yes, uh, and then this one, trust me, I'm laughing at you guys, not with you. But then, you know, there, there's these outrageously obscene and unflinchingly funny. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, that's, that's where I land. Like, this is like, if you can let down your stuffiness and also be cool with being legitimately uncomfortable. And like some of that, I, I think we'll, we'll kind of get into, there is some discomfort watching on rewatch when you just kind of oh, know yeah. that. 20 years of literal scar tissue that some of these guys have gone through. Yeah. Like what it's, you know, it, I, I kept going back and forth thinking this isn't it entirely different than watching the NFL in some ways. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it totally, I totally agree with you. Like it's, it's, there, there is some similarities. Uh, there, there was one, one last piece of trivia and this kind of has to do with budget, but this is according to, okay. Th- this had to have been a, a 2021 interview with GQ. So I'm guessing this came from the profile I was talking about. Johnny Knoxville said that a stunt was planned with Chris Pontius dressed as his devil character dropping in on a Pentecostal church service where the congregants handle live venomous snakes. However, the insurance coverage for the stunt would have nearly doubled the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe it. I think that was was the second movie that they had the stunt where he like flew out of the the, um, (laughs) The the sewer grade or whatever. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, so that's good. crazy. We'll kind of talk about these guys bit by bit, but it it is it is a funny little roster that they man because you kind of mm-hmm. um, like if you were to if you we were to run down random sketches like ideas, we in our heads could think, oh that that would have been a, like a good one for Pontius, or that would have been Steve O mm-hmm. probably would have been the the go to for that in some of these guys. It is funny how as the as the movie goes, and especially as the movies you know go as a whole you have an idea of who is doing like who makes sense for what 
Um, oh, yeah. Which I love. Again, it's like it's like hanging out with your friends. It's just like you get to hang out with these guys from a safe distance, which is really, really important. Yeah, and even like in the last scene of the movie where they do the toy car up the, you know, up the butt, like it's funny because even the crew was like, oh, that's a Steve-O stunt. And he was like, I can't, I can't do it. Like my dad will never talk to me again if I do that. And so like even the crew kind of knows that. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool that you can kind of be brought into that as a watcher and just know like, oh, this is a, this is a good Dave England's got this one. Like we want somebody to be scared. Dave England's the guy, you know, if you yeah. want somebody to do something crazy that might get him seriously hurt, it's Aaron McGee. Like let's, exactly. let's get him out there. <laughs> like if we want it, we also want to do something where we don't mind, uh, we don't mind embarrassing this person. It's Aaron. Meehan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that goes, that goes the, 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 the closer of, of Jackass two might is, is a top three for me. Just yeah. incredible. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, let's, let's take an ad break and then we'll get back with three up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so three up. Um, I, I want to clarify, we're going to go over, I think, a lot of the sketch-specific stuff mm-hmm. with best scene because it's kind of hard to to break down. Um, but what like in three up and just talking about what worked in this, you, you mentioned the, the gang of friends thing. What else like stands out for you? Yeah, I wrote down the true friends kind of makes it different. I, I also kind of talked about this too, but I truly think that this is the viral mentality that we all have now of, a YouTube video gets popular and it's just, it blows up. I feel like this is a TV movie version of that, of everybody's going back to their middle schools and high schools to talk about, bro, did you see what happened on Jackass last night? And I think, you know, back then without all the stuff that at your fingertips, it makes it even more a, something that you're just starving for because you have to wait until it comes on a rerun or wait for the movie or catch the DVD. And I really think that's a big reason why it was such a popular franchise from the get go. But I also think that this, with this particular one, what for me, what worked was the anonymity of the people because they weren't big yet. Mm -hmm. And even if they were big from the show, they could go in and do bits like the rent a car crash up derby and not be recognized and they're not having to do big like you know costumes makeup anything like that because they don't because they're not important to the world yet because they were just starting and i think that makes some more raw like i think that's why this one has a lot more raw footage of them just kind of going about whereas as you go through the movies each one of them gets a little bit more staged and a little bit more produced because they kind of have to at that point Mm -hmm. because if johnny knoxville walks you know, down the street today, like 
most people are probably going to know who he is, or at least kind of have know what he looks like, and be like, "Oh, that guy looks famous." Because yeah, five of six where years at. after this, Johnny Knoxville's starring in movies. Yeah, like he's getting he you know he has his own he has his own movies. Like The Ringer is a, a horrible movie that will never be covered on the show. <laughs> but like he's in Walking Tall with The Rock and, and things like that. Like they John, Johnny Knoxville was. I don't want to say one of the more famous people on the planet, but Johnny Knoxville was yeah. extremely famous. A lot. Bam had his own show. Um, you know, I, I would I would say Steve O got fairly famous. Like, and it mm-hmm. is fairly recognizable. Um, the you make a really good point with with how anonymous they were, because and especially with Knoxville, because I think that's where he does some of his best work. Like mm-hmm. the he's and this is just something that worked for me. Like. Knoxville is the clear leader in this and his, his persona and not only like his general hilarity uh, in, in front of near death, like always being about the content. Like that's, that's funny. He's, he's genuinely very funny. Um, he, you know, he has a line that we'll go over that to me is like where comedy peaked. Um, but like he's he's laughing hysterically during the demolition derby about a bar coming directly through the windshield and almost killing him. <laughs> yeah. But then he's putting on this incredible performance when he returns the car. Like that is one of the funniest parts of this movie when he's just when he's just saying like, yeah, I think you guys are going to have to share in some yeah. of the cost in this. He's doing all of this with a straight face. Um, were you drinking or anything? Yeah, I had a little, to be honest. Is there any license plates on? There was. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys will incur some of the cost. Oh, no. Because I rented it from you guys fair and square. Yeah. I don't want to get stuck with the whole yeah. charge of it. Well, you are going to get stuck with the entire thing. Well, I don't think I should. I think you guys should help. No. You declined any additional coverage right there. You declined it. Yeah, but that's just paperwork, you that's know? That's Yeah, well, I was a li- I was, I had a few to drink when I signed that, too, so... We're going to have to get this worked out. And he just walks out. Mm-hmm. He walks out. And, and it's like, it's, there's so many people that would have broke before they even get five minutes into that thing. I think that he's the perfect mix of le- like legitimately insane, but also super cares about the product. Mm-hmm. And so it, it works because he, that's why I think that, cause like there's other guys that, you know, like Bam's a good example. Bam is, got, Bam's got a limit. He's not mm-hmm. going to do certain things. He's not going to go past certain things. Whereas Knoxville, as long as it's the best thing for the show, he's going to do it. And he's going to make sure that it's done well with everybody that's falling underneath the umbrella as well. Yeah, well, that's and we were I mean, we're we're going to stay on the the jackass, the movie. But we were we were messaging about the the skit in the second one, the one that I just love, the, the riot control one where mm-hmm. uh, Bam, Dunn and Knoxville are hit with like a, this like riot control weapon that's like a you know a thousand rubber pellets or whatever but when they first see the demo every you know bam and dunn are both like run out of there saying fuck that like they're not doing it. yeah and knoxville is the one talking about like we need to do this this is going to be great like it's content it's footage uh that that whole thing and he is really the one spearheading this you don't Mm -hmm. and correct me if i'm wrong i don't think you ever see him negative about anything or like questioning anything he's just like this no. is this is footage this is this is what we need to do and even when he's hurt he laughs it off as to as a way of trying to make sure that everybody knows that it's okay mm-hmm. like that they're, they're safe you know I, I think there's probably some unhealthiness to that i'm sure but 
I do think that that's a big part of him. It's almost like a dad or a parent of just like making sure everybody knows like, hey, I'm good, so you're good kind of thing. But that's where the legitimately insane part comes from. <laughs> yeah. Because there's times when he shouldn't have been good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and the, they talk about that again in the, the profile like mm-hmm. you mentioning about when he gets knocked out in that bull ring in the in the fourth movie of like that. That was the one of the things that they were worried about was someone suffering a serious injury and you know how many concussions these guys have suffered and things like that. But like Knoxville, it's, it's, it matters so much for the movie that there's a clear leader in this group. And I can't exactly mm-hmm. put my finger on it, why it's so important, but it, it is, he is the gravity and that, that helps ex- immensely with the movie. Like he is, every friend group has the guy, the guy you always look to. And it's clear that Knoxville is the guy in, in this friend group and, and with this movie and with this show. And it's, it's really important and it, it holds the movie together in a lot of ways. And you're always wondering what he is going to do, how he is going to react when Steve-O is tight roping over those alligators. You can <laughs> hear his laugh clearly. Like yeah. it, it just, he, he's magnetic. hundred percent. And that's why in my opinion, Jackass took off because they found that guy. Whereas other like, cause and this is kind of like, I mean, I'm sure you remember like me, me not cause you're probably not old enough, but like the backyard wrestling tapes mm-hmm. or like the CKY tapes. There's a reason why those are fun and people like them, but they never make this level because it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out yeah. and there's not that guy that kind of takes the leadership on. And that's what Knoxville did and does. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is a star. He's not, he's not like a Matt Damon. He's not a Ben athlete. He's not that kind of star, but he has charismatic presence ahead above the material he's doing. Like that's why he works it worked in traditional Hollywood projects and like held his own. He was not ter- He's not terrible in walking tall, which is a movie I've seen on cable yeah. way too many times. Um, so like, yeah, he's great. And something else that worked with this movie is how important it was that this was in theaters rated R compared to the show. When you yeah. watch old clips of the show with blurred everything and, and bleeped out cuss words and things like that. Like it is the, this movie being uncensored and I think all the DVDs too were unrated and had extra footage and things like that. Like seeing this in all its glory is extremely important. Yeah. I think if you go back and watch the show now, it's almost like, like it's not, it's kind of like watching a movie on regular television, knowing that they're going to cut, they're going to cut things out and it's just not the same or they're going to, they're going to change the phrases because they don't have a cuss word and that kind of thing. And it just, it doesn't, work without having it fully uncensored which is weird but it, that's what it is yeah i want to combine the strikeout and three down i just kind of okay. want to talk about the just negative aspects of this movie because i think there's i think there's two there's obviously like i i've made it clear i love this movie there's not a lot about it that doesn't work for me as a movie um there there's kind of two sides of what would be the strikeout like the worst or cringiest part of this movie or whatever there's a few i i listed six of the stunts or six of the bits that i just like i fast forwarded through like i've seen everything but there there are a couple that are like too gross out for me i don't rewatch them and then a couple that i'm just like meh on so we we can talk about that but i i think the biggest thing with this movie is what we hinted at earlier and, and it being the the emotional and and physical scar tissue of of this cast 20 years later and watching them and like it's almost like bittersweet seeing some of this mm-hmm. obviously like obviously ryan dunn died a horrific death um bam margera is still still seems to be going through it um not a part of jackass 4 Fa- like famously not a part of jackass 4 a lot of these guys like there's a ton of recovering and current addicts in this group 
Um, you yeah. know, it's like it's great to see Stevo, and then you know we talked about Novak too. Like those guys are, are advocates and have been trying to help Bam, but it's it's watching them go through all this. Like there was a piece of trivia where Stevo said that he was high on cocaine for the entirety of this, you know, of this movie. It is in a way kind of like watching the NFL, especially like early nineties headhunting NFL in that, like we're watching these guys destroy themselves mentally and physically for our game. Yeah. And you see that the most, in my opinion, in the scenes where they're like at the hotel or they're recording and, you know, just like when they're off or just drinking around, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that, that was one of my things was that it, it's, it was harder to watch the last one, the Jackass 4, because of that to me. I, I, I deal with that more in the current ones than this one. Because in the current ones, it's like, bro, like Johnny Knoxville, you're probably pushing 50. How are you still doing this? You know, and that, that, that was the only thing about 4 that was for me. But with this one, I think it's more of a, for me, it's I'm just trying to go back and still let's enjoy the nostalgia of it uh, and not thinking too much about where they are now. But, um, I think that's also why Johnny Knoxville is a good leader too, because it seems like he's kind of the guy that spearheads the the sobriety of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they don't allow alcohol on the set anymore because of Steve-O and, and uh, no drugs on the set because of Steve-O, that kind of thing. And I'm, it's obviously not just Steve-O, but that was famously why they started doing that. Um, for me, the biggest like strikeout, and this is a personal thing is the paper cuts. I yeah. still haven't, Still have not seen that scene. I heard about it before I went to see the movie. And when they said we're doing the paper cut scene, I walked out of the theater and I came back like five minutes later. I I've still have never seen it and I will not ever see it. That is the only one that the second it started, I, I, I grabbed the bar and I skipped ahead, like made sure I didn't see any of it. That is the, that yeah. is the, I will say that is the biggest strikeout for me. That is one yeah. that I don't. I, I don't watch that was in the trivia that there was something that, that was cut that, that an idea they decided to do, which was them putting their paper cuts in a fish tank full of rubbing alcohol. Oh yeah. Which no. is just, yeah, I, I don't I'm do, like, like hurting just thinking same, about that. Like I, same. I, yeah, I can't do that scene. I still have never done it. Um, I, I'll be honest. This might be an unpopular opinion. I am pretty out on Pontius Pontius from like one through four. He, and I think now in the 2022, lens it's just kind of creepy like mm-hmm. if you think about it of i thought it was creepy back then and now i'm like now i'm like man if this guy got popped for some sort of like sexual misconduct or something i'd be like yep that tracks that makes sense like because it just there's something about that dude that weirds me out and every single time he's on the screen it's just it's just a little creepy yeah. for me and that and that's i still feel that way now you know 20 years later the party boy stuff is not as funny to me as it was when i was 14 I'm sure. just kind of like, ah, uh, it's, it's the, you know, the, the making people uncomfortable thing. Those are not as like just making people physically uncomfortable are not as funny to me as like the, uh, the old guy things, which is a bit that they have ridden out like crazy and ma- made their own movie. But at least like you can see the, the, the comedy behind that prank, like the thought behind it. Like what if old people misbehaved, AKA, you know, the movie, bad grandpa, but yeah. um it, it's yeah the the Pontius like the the physically like just let's get naked and get close to people party boy is is weird there i'm this is a preference like personal preference for me like the extreme gross out ones wasabi snooters uh the yellow mm. yellow snow cone bungee wedgie i don't want to watch anymore <laughs> just because of the blood i don't do that yeah you know it, it's going back to your point about 
the lens of 20 years forward, the wasabi, I, w- I watched this yesterday, the wasabi snooters one was one I was like, ooh, because you know, like now, why that's such a big deal for for Steve-O. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, the gross out things, I'm I'm okay with most of them. But I feel like they get more gross out in two through four. This one was more about just pranks and, and like, you know, dumb things. So the gross out stuff comes more in the later movies when I'm just kind of like, oh, I can't. My old my old body can't handle that as much as it used to. So Yeah. So um, for best scene, I kind of want to run through them chronologically. I tried to be selective and then I just said to hell with it. I, I wrote down <laughs> a lot of these. But like if I skip something you love. Um, as far as trying to just pick the best bit, like I think the this isn't the best, but the opening credits with the giant shopping shopping cart yeah, is a lot of fun. It's fantastic, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can, you know, just destroy a city street to Carmina Burana from from Orf is just fantastic. I mean, like yeah, you have to do like that. Like when that started, I, I was just like, that is the weirdest thing ever, but it it just totally works. It's yeah. great. Yeah, we talked about the rental car demolition derby, but I mm-hmm. think as far as as far as acting or, or playing a part, I, like I said, I think that's the peak for this movie mm-hmm. in, in in terms of that prank with the the when they said you sign for the car or whatever you sign like no insurance or whatever he says that's just paperwork just with a straight yeah. face I I don't know how he does it yeah well it's got a full tank of gas like that that that's <laughs> the part that killed me and then the like you said earlier I guess we didn't reinforce the windshield yeah. like <laughs> yeah that it's that's a great it was a great starting bit I, it was a fantastic way to start the movie yeah where are you at on the golf carts because you touched on it earlier that it's the first time in the movie where you say oh they're they're actually putting putting danger into play here like knoxville oh, i loved gets, it gets yeah his head blown out i loved it it just i think it was an unfortunate circumstance in that one they interviewed ryan dunn about that a few years afterwards and it was basically they put that giant pig in front of the hill and they in their heads they said it what they were thinking it was just going to smash mm-hmm. and they were going to kind of ride over it and it just basically launch them up instead um it, it makes for great movie obviously like it's like it's you see the camera flying crash. around and you know incredible clash it is like when the guy comes running out saying screaming don't move him don't move him it just kind of like oh like okay so ah, you okay are you okay are you okay get over here help him help him help him medic no 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 don't move him. don't move him I have bad news okay? written all over you all right? That was like the worst thing that could ever happen right there. Don can't drive for shit. I don't know what happened. I just remember we went in the air, and the next thing I know, I'm just fucked. That, I think that is the only time in the movie that there's legitimate fear for, for someone. Like, even when Butterbee knocks out Knoxville, I don't think anyone's, like, panicked over yeah. it. That, that was the yeah. first, that's the only time where someone's like, oh, shit, he might be, it. That's reminiscent of the bull in uh, in Jackass 4. Yes, yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. Um, where are you at on alligator tightrope? I think it's hilarious, but I think the funniest parts about that are the, the setup with knoxville and the in the in the mini gator but then just like the dumb comments back and forth like you know yeah steve-o come on like what are you doing he's like oh like this is my i did pretty good for my first time this is my first time tight roping and so like it's just just dumb things i thought that whole bit was funny and then him like running out and almost stepping on another alligator you know it's just that to me is the same thing of the funniest part about the 
anaconda in the ball pit later yeah, on in oh the in the series is the fact that they forgot there was another one in there. That is the same kind of thing of as he's running away, running away from one alligator, he almost steps on another one. It's just that. So I thought it was hilarious. I would love to see the the build up to these, like them negotiating with these places. Hey, we want to come there. We want to do this. Let's talk. You know, these don't seem like the most up zoos on the up and up. Yeah, and they they said they filmed in Japan because Japan was a lot more lenient with what they were allowed to do and like mm. letting people's faces be on camera and just like getting away with doing the stupidest things in public. Whereas if you do that here, there's all of these laws that you have to avoid and do this and you're going to get arrested in trouble and stuff like that. So it's just kind of funny how they, they, they went ahead knowing like in order to pull this off, we're going to do this, 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 we're going to go to the backwoods of Louisiana and find like the, what was the guy? The guy's name from like Teenigs. He's like, oh, that's the craziest thing ever. And you know, just that's the craziest people. You know, and they and they just they found their people. They knew like, oh, we'll be able to talk to these guys and letting us come in here and run around with alligators. Yeah, uh, two people that they they also found that they were able to torment. Let's let's talk about the 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 time that April and Phil Margera had in, oh, in this gosh. movie. I mean, it's so good. This is something I was texting a friend today when I was t- I was telling him I was watching this movie and we were kind of talking about the Margeras and it's another one where you watch it and it's like, you know, they're, they're featured in this movie. Raising Bam Margera had, had to be a lot of work. Um, you know, you get the Viva La Bam thing and I know there's a lot of bits built, you know, they're, they're all in on the joke there, but like things have been really tough for the Margera family in the last 15 years. Um, but it's still like, Watching watching Bam Margera torture his parents is still really funny. Twenty years later, yeah, and I I think the the best part like and it was kind of one of those things. Are you to your point of doing the um the the whole thing about being uncensored and rated R was they they made it with a since we don't have to bleep it, I'm gonna make my mom say fuck on this on this show, <laughs> and it's like that's it's so like that whole first half of the movie you're just like waiting for it, and then you see the alligator, you're like heck yeah like here it comes and it's just it's just hilarious like and and like they're april and phil are just so lovable too like that it it just kind of it's it really does it's really fun to watch them get in on that stuff as long as they're not hurting them or anything so there's something i only notice i've noticed for the first time on this rewatch when the fireworks are going off april literally just kind of like pulls the blanket over her head that's a woman who she's like she's barely faced this this is this is par for the course for her bam lighting fireworks off in their uh in their mm-hmm. bedroom. April's just like I've I've seen so much shit yeah. that I I don't care. How many and that was before they really took off money wise and had their own like like compound in Philadelphia. How awful would it have been to been their neighbors? Like I was when I was watching Terrible. that I was like I would have been furious if I oh. woke up twice in the middle of the night to fireworks going off in a house. Like I would Terrible. have been so mad. Cause it does, you can't see any neighbor's houses. Like it does look like they live on a decent, you know, the decent sized yard, but it certainly looks like a suburban area where you had neighbors who could hear it. Cause not only, not only the fireworks in the middle of the night, but then the ones in, in Phil's van mm-hmm. at, when he yeah. goes to work. And all the dogs were going like, were barking after that too. It's like, I, I would have lost my crap if I was their neighbor. <laughs> no. Yeah. No way. No way. Um, so we've got the old men bit. This is one that I found extremely funny when I first saw the movies, and I think because of how much they've written it out, I don't I don't find it as funny. Oh, I still love it. I wish they would do more of the like going around and, and do, like I don't like Irv 
whatever Zisman or whatever his name is as much like I, it's funny but I, that's how I feel about him but like when you see Spike <laughs> going down the hill in San Francisco on the on the scooter he's like my brakes like that stuff I want more of that I want more of them skateboarding and like you know doing all the dumb stuff as like the group of old guys that stuff is still hilarious to me and I that was the one thing about this movie I feel like I was left wanting more of those bits and you could tell that they went out and just got a bunch of b-roll footage mm-hmm. of that and that was the only thing that made it but i would i would like that stuff is hilarious to me i the er the the bad grandpa stuff i agree with you that's kind of been played out but just getting them dressed up as old guys and just doing dumb stuff around the city i think is great yeah fantastic yeah the the old when he's the shoplifter that's again another great Knoxville performance that at the time I was like, this is this is funny. But again, they they really tapped it out in, in Bad Grandpa. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the uh I was Lon Chaney's lover as he's <laughs> <laughs> Go back and love him. <laughs> um Dave England taking a shit in the hardware store is something Gosh. that stuck with me for years. Yeah. Th- so as I've gotten older, those things I can't handle as much like i get that little lump in my throat like it's gonna be a problem for me um but the greatest part about that bit was that he couldn't make it there and that was our that's your first um appearance of lance not being able to handle what's ever going on on set because he just loses it oh but like it's just so funny to me that he got so far to the point for a bit that he could not make it and someone pressed his stomach and he's like oh that's it i'm done and he just he just turned around on the (laughs) driver's seat Oh, it's so yeah. And the old guy is just like a little Fruit Loop. <laughs> so yeah, I that was such a great bit. Yeah, uh, the riot control beanbag. Uh, it's it's really the forefather to that riot control test one in, in Jackass Two, but mm-hmm. it's the one in this movie where Knoxville stands out for being willing to do anything. Taking taking that beanbag to the stomach, like he yeah he has no fear in that regard. And you see those other two guys. I'm not even sure who they are, to be honest with you. Those two guys that they cut to, and they're just like, mm, yeah. and they, they just look so worried. That that one was like, I think the the second riot control test is more funny. That one was just like, you could see for the first time. I think I wrote down, where was it at? Yeah, I wrote down, it's the first time you see fear with Johnny Knoxville, which was really weird, because that was kind of like the first time you're like, oh, crap. You know, yeah. like that's... This must be really bad. <laughs> yeah, when he approaches the camera, or when he like gets into position, you, the look on his face is defeat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sweaty fat fucks, which we mentioned earlier, <laughs> the, are I think the most fun to watch. It's very. It seems like it's it's really fun. Like it seems like it'd be fun to put on those suits and skateboard all over the place, especially if you're good at skateboarding. Well, and the fact that you're getting the greatest skateboarder of all time to do it with you when you're not even that big of a deal. And at the that greatest, point. one of the greatest BMX, the greatest BMXers, yeah. Uh, just just the idea of not only are we going to do this in Tony Hawk's you know playground. But we're also going to get these giant weighted bags and just kind of fling them around as y'all are <laughs> skating around and. Yeah, that that seeing Bam eat it while he's eating a sandwich, and then having the skateboard come back and hit him up in the chin—it's, I mean, that whole thing. I could have watched thirty minutes of that. Like, I would have been dying laughing the whole time. And it's that fun tap into how tied in they were with skateboarding and extreme sport culture. Like, how much those guys love the jackass guys and vice versa. And that's been kind of a narrative there for the the last twenty years. Like, how how entwined those worlds are like you have the the night pandas thing too in this one where they're Mm -hmm. they're all around skateboarding but it's it's just a lot of fun to watch them watch them in those fat suits Mm -hmm. um 
department store boxing <laughs> is I mean I, I think is butter being okay was the peak of comedy he's out uh. Butter being okay. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. there's ever been anything funnier than in the fact that he said that while concussed too. Like he's <laughs> he is concussed and he is not missing a beat. And that that was incredible for sure. I mean that one's it's a cringe moment for sure. But it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm more interested in the fact that they're in a department store. Like if they would have just done that in a ring with nobody around. It wouldn't have been funny, but the fact that they just walked into a department store and all these people were just like, what the heck is happening? Because like Butterbean is not exactly a guy that you're going to walk up in a store and see on a regular basis already. And then they just go in there and start pounding each other. And, and, and he played it off perfectly too. Like, come on, just get one in. And he gets one in. Just like, oh, God, he just starts going in on him. That was fantastic. So it is incredible. I mean, that one, the, the next one I want to talk about, how many of these, I, I meant to ask this question earlier. How many of these would you do? Cause like tidal wave, I would try. Ooh, how many? How many would you? How many of the things they do would you do in this movie? Um, I think, man, I would do the rent a car crash a derby for sure. Yes. Um, gosh, there's not, there's not many. Like I, I'm I'm way too much of a wuss for this kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, if I was better on a skateboard, I would try sweaty fat fucks yeah i would do that too i would do the um yeah i would do the the tidal wave i'd probably do the <laughs> uh gosh i'd probably do the burglar things i think that would be funny as long as you had people kind of like to back you up like oh no hold on he's not a real burglar i yeah. think that would be hilarious the only thing with a burglar is you fall out of the ceiling yeah i think in that case i'm okay with it because surely they're not gonna let you get too hurt in yeah. that case but I mean, maybe I I would like to say I would do golf course air horn, but that stresses me out. Like I'm a golfer, and if Same. someone did that to me, it, it would really bug it would really bug me. And so I I would know how much that would piss me off as a golfer. So I'm not really sure I could handle doing it as a you know as a prank for sure. It still makes me laugh so hard. The guy who teased the ball up to hit at them, <laughs> yes. and then when they're laughing at yeah. him, like he just he they've got him. They, they've yeah, ruined and the fact day. that they also do the air horn as he's facing towards them, just to, that like that cracked me up. I was dying at that so for sure. Um, but yeah, man, that that just made me feel really bad about myself because you asked that question and in my head, I was like, oh, probably a lot, and then like, no, it's like two, maybe no, three. No, <laughs> really, really nothing. Like I wouldn't do the fireworks thing in my parents' house. Oh heck no, my no, mom would kill me. Yeah, no, no way. Um, a lot of these like. The golf cart thing sounds good, like sounds like it'd be a lot of fun, but then you think about what happened in Knoxville and you're just like, no, I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't risk death. Um, I, I would take, uh, I would take a surprise hair clipper to the back of the head. I wouldn't, you know, it's not the end of the I world. I wouldn't love that. Wouldn't but, love it. But yeah. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking through it. Like I'm, I think I would do the old man stuff. I think if you if you dress me up as an old man, I go I go screw around in the city and do that stuff. Yeah, I could I could probably live with that. Um, as long as I didn't make anyone too terribly uncomfortable. I I like the one at the gym. I think I would like to do that. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny. Like I said, tidal wave. I would do. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I think. Yeah. That's. Um, 
I, I think that's about it. I think it's about it. And I, I certainly wouldn't do, I think the, the burglars one might, might be the best actual prank. Yeah. I would probably agree with that. Like if you were, if you were on like impractical jokers or one of those shows that is kind of, uh, you know, spawned from mm-hmm. prank videos and things like that. Like that is actually funny. The guy who takes off out of his office had the right instinct. Yeah. And he was gone. Like the second yeah. they hit the ceiling, he was out. And like that, okay, it's like that guy's gonna survive. If anything that ever happens in his life, or if it ever has, like he's gonna survive because his first instinct was get the heck out of there, and he did. Yeah. And I would, I, I would like to think I would have the same reaction, but I probably wouldn't. I'd probably be sitting there like, what's happening, like right now? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then finally, the butt X-ray. Uh, oh, the closer. No so way. They they made it a theme of having the closing one be just a sh- a little more outlandish than everything yeah. else in certain ways there's this and then i think it's jackass 2 that that closes with aaron as oh, the yeah. terrorist prank and then and then they they prank him and then the last thing mm-hmm. with the 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 beard that abuse uh yeah Ugh. this yeah. one is i mean this is one i absolutely wouldn't do um it's it's like bittersweet watching it ryan dunn is like yeah the patsy in a lot of this like he's the one doing uh the you know the bmx tug of war when he gets yeah. dragged into uh, <laughs> dra- uh dragged into cat into the cacti he gets his ass kicked by that ki- that japanese kickboxer and yeah. then he's the one who does the the prank that was it, even steve-o wouldn't touch yeah i he it's it really is because he's not in a ton of things and i think he is just kind of like the buddy but i really think he's the guy that steps up when everybody's like no and he's just like ah whatever let's get the shot and i think like so part of me like a you know really appreciates that about him but you're right there's so many of those things that was actually one of my favorite uh like he he said some of the funniest things too. Like when he's like, "I'm surrounded by cacti," and someone's like, "It's cactus," and he's like, "No, it's not. It's cacti." And I could just he's just like he's having an argument with them about the plurality of cactus. Whenever he's surrounded by them and it hurting, that just that cracked me up yeah, about him he, for sure. He had a really good delivery. Um, yes, for sure. What is the best scene in this movie? I wrote down the two that I kept going back to were golf course, air horn and mousetrap because mousetrap cracks me up (laughs) and and it's more because Aaron is, is just immediately and it's a short scene, but he's immediately just in it And the whole cast is just dying, laughing to the side. And then they had the, they had the wherewithal to start throwing loaded mousetraps at him and Johnny Knoxville lands one on his dick. And it's just like that scene. I die laughing at it every time. So that's why I kept coming back to it. I was like, I cannot stop laughing at that. And you would think I can't watch that because it's, it's really painful mm-hmm. to watch that, but it's, it's just this, the sheer chaos of him just sliding across the floor as they're going off. And then everybody starts throwing them at him. So I, I think between it's between those two for me because I just I love both of them. They just they make me laugh so much. Yeah, I go. I I mean I love. I could be argued though. Yeah. That's the thing is like I I could this might depend on the time I watch it. Yeah, I mean I I love the department store boxing, but mainly because of the the line the line delivery from Knoxville, I, golf carts to me is so inherently jackass. It's just, it's one mm-hmm. of the things, like, let's take these things, let's go to a golf course and, and demolition derby them ourselves. And then the demolition derby setup itself, mm-hmm. I think is, I think is really good. Cause it's like part prank, that's true part 
kind of crazy, not not quite death defying, but certainly like a you know insane. Uh, him Knoxville spray painting the Dale Earnhardt three on the rental car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that's true. That that very first scene is it just sets up. Uh, this is who we are. This is what we do. And it's just a great, it's just a great appetizer to what you're about to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Best quote. I've. Dude, I have so many. I know. I, I like the, the Knoxville Butterbean one I, I talked about. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville and welcome to Jackass. If you say that to a person of a certain age in like a 20 year age range, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. Like that's mm-hmm. an, that's an important quote. Mm-hmm. What else? It do you is. Have? So I have the guess we didn't reinforce the windshield that kills me every time. Uh, I do have the cacti one as well. Uh, when Bam, when they do wake up Phil and Phil walks by and Bam's like, "Look at Phil's tummy," and it's just it's just kind of funny because like it's here's this dude that just woke up his parents at you know all hours of the night and he's, he's saying the word tummy. You know, um, I, okay, this is kind of goes back to what we're talking about with Johnny Knoxville, but in the muscle stimulator. <laughs> When they have Aaron strapped up to it and he's just laughing but also in pain and they stop for a second and Knoxville looks at him and he's like, it's okay, daddy's got you. <laughs> like that one sticks out to me really, really big because it's just, it cracks me up. But he's just like, it's okay, daddy's got you. And then he just zaps him again. <laughs> on this, on, on that same subject, this movie taught me what the gooch was. Knoxville. Oh yeah. Knoxville yes, saying who's going to do the gooch is, is in, in, in like imprinted in my mind. Yeah. For sure, I, I I'm the same way. Um, there's so many things in here, like uh, when Spike gets to the bottom of the hill after his scooter goes down, and then he tells that dude, uh, "Can you push me back up? I want to do it again." <laughs> like it's just like there's so many good things, man. Um, yeah, I I think if I were to choose one for me, it's probably Daddy's Got You, just because it <laughs> it, it just is the epitome of what Johnny is to this group. So so good. But you're right. The the hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. That that probably has to be it. You're you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. Yeah, it's it like it stirs something in me when the movie starts and he said, you mm-hmm. know, when they're doing the card and then uh, you know, it ends it ends with him saying that. It's like, oh, we're in, we're in for a fun ride. Like I mm-hmm. forgot what those words mean to me. Yeah, for sure. Most athletic moment. This is <laughs> this is interesting. Is there something yeah. that jumps out to you? The the sweaty fat fox is one yeah. for sure. I, I, that takes a lot in that a setting. A lot of good skating in that warehouse. And like even the you know not professional skaters are doing things. And I'm like, man, how are they even able to do that? Because I know they all skate, but I would say that or um, it's kind of an easy answer. But like the tropical pole vaulting is pretty hilarious, <laughs> and just just the fact that he's able to even like do that off of off of a you know overpass and stuff like that. Uh, he got his butt kicked, but the fact that Ryan Dunn got into a ring with a, a Taekwondo master is pretty athletic. Yeah. There's a lot of things in here. You're just like, man, you shouldn't be able to do that even well at all, yeah. but they do. Uh, Eric Costin skating that rail is really cool. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's, like that, yeah. that's like one of my favorite. I mean, again, that was a thing you did in the early 2000s mm-hmm. before YouTube. Like there would be... Like I remember, like yeah. Break dot com or whatever. Like there, you would you would have to find these websites that had these these skate mixtapes and things like that, mm-hmm. and like dive into different quarters of the internet to find those. But like 
that was there's like the meme of like dudes will just sit around and name old athletes from the 2000s like back in the 2000s dudes would just sit around and watch random guys skateboard for hours on end yeah 100 percent. and and you know that's also kind of the epitome of that time of everything is a skating obstacle yes like you go through the town and okay oh that'd be a great rail to grind oh here's a good place i could ollie out of you know that kind of thing and it's and it's just it's funny because like it, it, you think you look at that now and you're like oh it's just Eric Costin and whatever but like that's a that is not an easy thing to do and he just pulled it out and did it for a jackass movie not even for a competition or his own video it's just it's so it's it's great you're right that's a good one yeah I think if it's them it's either the skating in the warehouse or uh, or Steve the like the tropical pole vaulting when when Steve-O does he goes over the railing into the water. Like that is legitimately a mm-hmm. great athletic feat. hundred, yeah. I, mean, I did pole vaulting for like a month in seventh grade, and it is hard. <laughs> like it, it's it is not easy, even if you are athletically inclined. It's it's that is not an easy thing to do, and that the fact that he was just rolling around the city doing that is is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what a king, Steve-O. Uh <laughs> Lenny Harris Pinchitter Award for best supporting character. <laughs> So I, oh. I look at this as not obviously like of who's in the movie too much. Obviously Knoxville. We talked about Knoxville. I would say both Steve O and Bam are like mm-hmm. are co leads. They're in a lot. Bam has a bunch of his own things with with Phil and April. He's also in the skating stuff. I just for for a sense of the supporting players, I think that's who we we say is off the table. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Who who do you who shines in this one? I, I I'm impartial to him, but to me it's Aaron. I I love Aaron. Like I think he he's hilarious. Um, Dave England's a sneaky one. I was gonna like, say he does I think, some things. I think your candidates are Dave England, Aaron, and Ryan Dunn. Yeah, I mean Ryan. He, I think any of those could easily be my guy. They all kind of pop in and do their own special thing, and it's always just a great time. I think Dave is my favorite person to watch go through things because he just he looks like you're he's truly in physical emotional and mental pain <laughs> all at once every time he's doing something and i don't know why that's funny to me but it is it's very like it's very funny to me that he he just looks like he does not want to be there but he's gonna do it anyway he, that, that's exactly <laughs> it he's always got that like begrudging look on his face like oh how yeah. did i get talked into this it's like how did i find myself into this situation that i willingly walked into and I think they realized that they didn't utilize him enough in the first movie because he's a lot more present in the next three. Mm-hmm. Because in the first one, you don't see him a whole lot, but the things he's doing are hilarious. It's it's just really, really good stuff. Yeah. The, I mean, the whole... Everyone has their time to shine. Like, we haven't talked about Preston Lacey much. Um, yeah. <laughs> getting out of that that hot tub and the, the big whitey, the big whitey tighties. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the random ducks just follow yeah. him off. Like, a, yeah. <laughs> uh, Wee Man with the cone. We we haven't talked about Wee yeah. Man a, a lot. Wee Man's great. Yeah, so 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 good. Um, <laughs> the Peter Gallagher Award for the hottest person in this movie. Uh, it has to be Knoxville. Probably not. There's no yeah, question. Probably Knoxville. I should have I should have I should have uh, asked Caroline uh, to to make a pick on this one. I mean, I think I think Bam Margera had a moment as far as being mm-hmm. desired by a certain type of woman in the in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a woman who would be interested. If I remember correctly, he had a massive him tattoo on his, yep. uh, on his, yeah, because he was, he was super into him. Do you remember that phase when everyone, when Bam mm-hmm. got everyone into him? 
Yeah, and it and it was a weird time for weird sure. Times. He was he's kind of like the I think a lot of people like females liked him because he was the the bad boy that also loved his mom. Mm-hmm. And so it was like he had that soft side, but he was also going to be bad. And so you could you could you could get the sensitive side of him and the bad boy side of him. And I think that that's what a lot of people liked about him. Um I but it has to be Knoxville. Has to I be. mean it has to be has to be. Like there's no, there's no question. When I saw that on the run sheet, I was like, "Oh, that's I know that answer already." Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no debating. And now, like, he's a silver fox. Yeah, that was super. That was the first time that I was just like, "Oh man, I am getting old," yeah. and that feels well, in, really in weird. In that profile, he did admit that he has been dying his hair for like even like in this time in, in this movie. Like, yeah. yeah, he went, he went gray very, very early. Yeah, which I can relate. I went gray when I was 25, but it's you know it's. It was kind of sobering to see that for this one, but he had said during COVID he just let it go. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he he has to be the guy. Like that yeah. that dude is all about you know looks and in and, and craziness. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, <laughs> best time, worst time in this movie. This is this is one of the most fun cat movies to do this category for because these people are actually experiencing this. Did anybody have a best time though? That's I what I was Knoxville. struggling with. I feel like Knoxville <laughs> lives for this. I feel like even yeah, when he's getting, true. even when he's getting beat yeah. by Butterbean, even again, it goes back to the riot test in um, in Jackass Two. But he has all those things hit him. He doesn't go down on the ground. He starts making jokes. Does the, is this okay? Then we're good. Like he, you can just tell he gets a rush off all this stuff, even when something hurts. He's always laughing. I, I, I truly think he has a, a fantastic time. I, I think all mm-hmm. these guys have a great time, Like it, but some of them like like hanging with their friends, and then when they're doing this stuff, it's like, oh, shit, I have to do this. I think they also get to the point where they're just like, I can't take the stress of being on the set anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, agree. I think Worst Time kind of looks like Lenny Harris Pinchetter in Ryan Dunn, Dave England, and, mm-hmm. and Aaron... Uh, it's I wrote down done. He was the no brainer for me because that dude just he gets like he like I said he's the guy that steps up to do the things no one else wants to do. Um, I I was on the fence about that, and then he, yeah, it was the BMX jump that put me over the edge because he just you know gets in a no win situation. There's no way that you're gonna do that thing and not just get destroyed either by cacti or just getting your back thrown out because you're trying to drag 600 pound Preston Lacey off of couch you know yeah so. just no I mean and then the butt x-ray thing had to be miserable because that is, that is like oh yeah that's a it seems like a, it's like a 12-ish hour operation between the insertion the going to the doctor getting the x oh i would i would bet over i would take the over that's there's no way it's not the over on that because I mean, you've been a doctor before. They're not exactly fast. And not only the physical part of that, but also the emotional toll of having to have that conversation with a doctor, knowing (laughs) that this was all for a stupid bit. And this doctor is like, just maybe don't tell anybody about this. Like, maybe keep this to yourself. Well, actually, doctor from whatever country you are from, because like, I think they had to go out of country for this, too, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think they were in America because I think that they had to do this off because it probably because of HIPAA yeah. rules, I guess. And so it's just like, dude, that doesn't, that dude doesn't realize that millions of people are about to watch this. <laughs> it's, it's such, I mean, I, yeah, I think he's the easy winner. Uh, get the getting his ass kicked by that kickboxer too. Like that doesn't, that's the yeah. thing with that. And the Knoxville getting beat up by Butterbean. It's like, they, they let the, I mean, they got beat up. 
It wasn't like they took a fall. Mm-hmm. It was just like that. This person, they let someone kick the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's no world where you're gonna walk into that ring and even get a shot off, and you know that going in. So like, think about the psychological fear that that has to put through you as well. Nightmare, <laughs> nightmare. Because um, he's not he's not legally insane, or he's not he's not close to insane like Knoxville is. He doesn't have that same switch of i'm just gonna go in there and have fun like you know you could see the fear in him over that mm-hmm. yeah um dave england when he's when he's shitting in the toilet i would be very curious if that moment brought him joy or if he felt like if he felt mortified i i don't know like you know there's the the do it for the content kind of thing but it seems like it just in the moment you're just like like you wonder am i gonna get arrested for this is someone gonna like who works yeah. at the store yeah. gonna attack me yeah, and the fact that that is that the second time that day that you've had to embarrass yourself by taking a dump. <laughs> when he's, I mean, when he is in the van, it's like Knoxville hops out and he goes, "I'm going to take a cab back to the hotel." <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, I mean, oh, gosh, yeah. Again, he has that. He has that sad like your puppy dog look all the time and so you have to think that is he that guy that when he's 60 years old is going to be sitting there thinking like why did I do this to myself you know why like my grandchildren are going to have videos of me doing this forever (laughs) it's funny like I know I know Knoxville has kids I don't know about anyone else I know Bam has a child I don't know what the situation is there I think Steve-O has kids I think I think I think in Knoxville does too. Yeah, no- Knoxville is like a family man. Um, yeah, I I don't know about the other, but I, I assume a lot of these guys have children, and you know, if you're just playing the stats, uh, I I can't I can't even imagine like you know yeah. you remember like seeing pictures of your parents when they were young and it's oh, like no. yeah it's it's weird it's like oh they were doing like yeah. random things like you know I had like there my mom had a picture on her desk of my dad playing like fuck like softball like you know playing in a softball league mm-hmm. like like you said these these kids are gonna watch their dad like watch dave england shit himself in a in a hardware yeah. store or watch steve you know tightrope over these alligators and have the the chicken bone pulled out of his or the the bottle rockets thing which we didn't talk about oh yeah the the thing is is like I went to college when Facebook first came out and it was only college students. So there was a lot of debauchery on Facebook when I first started. People posting pictures from parties and alcohol and drinking, all kinds of stuff. When when they opened Facebook up for everybody and I knew that my parents were getting on it, I, I purged everything. Like, And just the sheer thought of my kids ever finding like those pictures that I took. I mean, I, I wasn't doing anything. And I wasn't even doing anything crazy. Like It was just me in a room full of alcohol or whatever like that scares me so i can't imagine what it looks like i mean maybe they've just accepted it or maybe they're okay with it i i know that i wouldn't be i'd be like man that uh, yeah i have a million dollars and you know you your college and your kids college is gonna be paid for forever you know but this is the this is the cost it took so yeah every time i watch these watch these movies or stuff like this like I say sometimes on the show, I hope that person lives in a nice house. I hope all these guys are financially taken care of. Yeah, um, I, yeah like, for sure. I know Knoxville is. Steve-O seems to be in a good place. Um, Bam, again, it's it's hard to know what you yeah. know, what's going on with him. Um, but it's because it's, it's interesting how much and it kind of talk about. Um, I, I guess we can kind of like, unless you have a big chill moment. I don't know if this is that kind of movie. 
I the only thing that I put down was the the riot control just because it made me scared that Knoxville looked worried, you know, yeah. but that wasn't that big of a deal, yeah. honestly. And once and once they did it, it moved right past it. Yeah, the uh the hi I'm I'm Johnny Knoxville and welcome to Jackass is kind of like a uh kind of like a nostalgic chill. But in, in terms of before more restore, um and, and kind of looping in that like what these guys are, are doing now jackass is the main credit on every single one of these guys um mm-hmm. you know I, imdb or, or rotten tomato summary like they're i you know hats up to the rewatchables they often say like what movies on the hall of fame plaque or something like that or um jackass is it for this these guys and they're also done like they they made clear yeah. that for a lot of them especially like knoxville four is it they introduced, you know, new people into the uh, into the world of Jackass and Jackass Four. I, where where are you at on Jackass in twenty twenty two? Like, I don't know if I'm as interested in this product if it is not these guys, and I also don't want to see these guys do this again. Yeah, I Jackass Four to me was a good way to close it up and kind of say. Hey, we're old now. We're doing this one more. We're going to say goodbye to this this franchise. But I will say I kind of loved Poopies and I loved like the Dark Shark and um oh, what's his name? I forget the guy's the big guy's name. Um but adding them in kind of made me want them to keep this going at least for maybe one more. The problem is is that you have to have Knoxville. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Knoxville, it's not going to work. And, and I don't think there's anybody out there that would be able to replace that vibe either. Cause then you're getting just like, you know, Ashton Kutcher doing punk type yeah. stuff. And I just, I don't, you know, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Like even like with, you know, you brought up in practical jokers, that's a good example of a friendship group that kind of stretched into this situation. It's a little bit different cause they're more doing, you know, cringe pranks and stuff, but you can't just shuffle in and out people without, having some weirdness and I think if you lose Knoxville then you you don't really have it anymore and I and I think I would be disappointed if they did something without him I think that that would be really I don't want to say disrespectful but I kind of want to do it say disrespectful yeah I feel like I feel like it needs to be either he needs to want to do it or it needs to die yeah and I mean who's to say that in five years he doesn't um and then there's just gotta they've got to find a way to do do this without him tapping into what he used to be which is the guy who would do anything and put himself in harm and he's got to find a way to still be effective in this space without uh you know w- without being the front runner in a lot of this stuff like there would be if, if there is a fifth jackass movie or anything like that and he participates in it he's gonna have to sit out of a lot of stuff that he normally does yeah almost like being a host of it in a way but i also yeah. don't think that that's gonna work as well and so it, it's like it's kind of like every good movie franchise and stuff has a point where they probably should just stop. And I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, TV shows and movies need to know when to quit. And that's, this is kind of, they maybe should have not even done this one, but I think that with the way their lives have gone over the last few years Mm -hmm. and losing Ryan and kind of having Bam and Steve-O go through their things, I think it was therapeutic for a lot of them to get back together one more time and launched them off into the next stage of their lives. Um, obviously, except for Bam, Bam's Bam's the one one casualty of that. Uh, but I just don't. I don't feel like. I feel like this is a good way to say, 
here's our last hurrah. We're done. We're going to move on. You know, I mean, even Rip Taylor came back for this one, and yeah, you know, he ain't yeah. going to make it for the next one. So, yeah. <laughs> that dude's uh, old. So Knoxville is 51 years old. I, I don't think this is the last Jackass 4 was the last Jackass-related content. I think there will be something. Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been a documentary. Like, it wouldn't shock me if there's, like, a, a, doc, a big documentary about it. Um, yeah, they've done a, they've done that, some pretty extensive interviews with guys over the years, but but nothing like fully an hour and a half of yeah, just digging it, into what they do. That's the whole situation with them being constant, like basically live running camera. Is there is a lot of that, but it would mean there's a lot of unaired footage that would be good for a documentary, and then actual all the the interviews, and then like the four point five and three point five or whatever kind of commentary on what they're doing in the movie and stuff like that. But I I think it would be interesting. You know, I, I, I could see something like that happening. I also see if, you know, if God willing, like Bam Margera fully turns, turns his life around and, you know, gets clean and sober, gets back in, in good graces with those guys. And like, I know they want to embrace him, but I, I, I've, I've listened to a lot of clips of Steve-O talking about it and, you know, and just, you know, I, I, I would I would defer to Steve-O and like you know hear how they have to approach things with Bam and but I think if that relationship gets healed and then suddenly that kind of triumphant is able to function in in Knoxville and Steve-O and Bam Margera I think it's not out of the question that more jackass content of some type will will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and did they already re- I don't think they released a 4.5 so 4. 4. is on Netflix. At least it was. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I did watch yeah. that. Um the thing about the, they they have all the point fives. They have the extra, you know, spinoff stuff. There has to be a full movie's worth of cutting room floor, extra footage, stunts, and stuff that they could. I, I could see them doing like a, you know, bonus footage movie where it's just like from one through four, all of the things that hit the cutting room at some point. Yeah, because there's got to be thing. I mean, I know they do a lot of that stuff in the credits, but there has to be things that that the no one has seen. So I could see them doing that in a few years of, hey, we've got all this extra footage. Let's throw this on Paramount Plus and see who watches it kind of thing. We've got so. all this extra footage, and we a lot of us now have kids who need to go to college. So let's, yeah. let's, you know, let's bang. Mm-hmm. Looking, just looking at the career of Johnny Knoxville, and this is something that we probably could have touched on earlier in the show, but it's, it's truly incredible that he parlayed this, the charisma in this, you know, dickhead stunt show into i mean you look at 2002 he's he does this you know produces this movie stars in this movie he's that's when he's in men in black 2 he's one of the highest grossing movies of 2002 um he stars in you know he's a supporting role in walking tall he stars he stars in the dukes of hazard movie yeah that was big johnny johnny knoxville um he has a, a great kind of cameo minor role in in lords of dogtown which is a movie that i i love a lot uh, I mean, he's got so many movie credits. Like, it it it's really it, it's really amazing. Like Johnny Mo- Johnny Knoxville is, is truly a marvel. Like he's a movie star. There's no one like him. No, in modern mm-hmm. modern Hollywood. And the and the greatest thing about him too is he seems to be pretty like, even though he is very insane and like vain about his looks and stuff like that he seems like a legitimately good dude mm-hmm. that it seems as much as down to earth as he possibly can be and i mean like i, I again like he, he is this franchise like you can't have it without him and I, like he's just so good at what he does and I, I i think he truly does care 
about the franchise and the people in it. And he really does want to be that good guy for everybody as well. I mean, he understands that this is his legacy. That's why, I mean, he mm-hmm. did the, the big media rollout for Jackass four and things like that. Like he, this is something that he's going to be, he, tr- he really made a mark on, on Hollywood, on pop culture. I, as we kind of wrap, like it's not, it's not hyperbole to say that this is one of the most important movie series in the history of the internet. Like oh, yeah. led to 100%. led to YouTube in a lot of ways. Other, other depths of the internet led to a lot of imitators. Like the, extremely influential. It's it's kind of like you Do- look at like Paranormal Activity. How that boosted mm-hmm. all these. You know, hey, if you can make a cheap horror movie, you might have a hit on your hands. There's a lot of that in Jackass. Did you remember from the TV show? It was such an imprint on people that they had to tell people before the every episode to stop sending them footage of them doing stunts because like so many people wanted to be a part of this or or just like they thought it was such a raw thing that they were thinking oh this is like America's Funniest Home Videos but X rated you know yeah <laughs> like, I mean we're gonna, every we're, set of middle school guy friends middle school or high school guy friends in the early two thousands you're doing at some point you have done say oh this is like jackass like we're you know we're, we're taking the the laundry basket down the stairs like we're riding the laundry basket yeah. like jackass it, it was the thing it was an action that you did mm-hmm. and it, it just it's just crazy to me that 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 was such started such in a, in a crazy movement with pranks and stunts and you know just general tomfoolery with friends and stuff yeah i mean i've been doing this show for over three years now and this is i mean i've We've inducted a lot of movies in the Hall of Fame. We're very liberal with what we deem a Hall of Famer. This is an easy, no doubt, surefire Hall of Fame. One of my favorite movies of all time. Th- yeah, this it's, and two. It's definitely a top one for me, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I have the heart to um, separate them out. I think I have to all consider them all as one franchise just because that's what my brain wants me to do. In, so. in Anthology, it's like when AMC plays uh, The Godfather, but like as as one yeah. thing, like they, yeah, start, exactly. they start with Vito in, in Old Italy and like run through it chronologically. That's It's the same thing with Jackass. Jackass and The Godfather. Yeah. There's a reason why we can't you know decipher which movies the scenes come from. It's because it just all runs as one long movie exactly well we'll have to tackle that when we do jackass number two at a future (laughs) time maybe again thank you to the big screen supports patreon group for selecting this movie is truly a joy tobin thank you to you for for getting on the show talking this one with me tell the folks again where they can follow you and check out spread the floor yeah you guys can uh search spread the floor uh podcast on any platforms it's on spotify itunes google play anything you'd watch it on um, you can find me at Tobin, T-O-B-I-N, Hodges, at on, at Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there, and that's where all my stuff is for Spread the Floor. So, again, if you're an NBA fan, I'd like to think that we're, we're a fun listen just because we try to watch it like regular guys like you guys. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're an Apple podcast. If you want to support the show and vote on future movies for this show to cover, patreon.com slash big screen sports. The patrons pick this one. They're picking two movies in this month of December. They're going to pick some more in January. Uh, A lot of good stuff upcoming for that. So thanks to everyone who supports the show. And if you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. Comes at you every other Tuesday. As for Big Screen Sports, we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.